trying to measure account-based advertising using clicks is a terrible idea. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, so in this episode, you'll be hearing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from past conferences. Here we go. Well, great. Hello, everyone. Very excited to be at Flip My Funnel San Francisco. San Francisco is obviously Engageo's hometown, and it's really good to see all of you. So the topic today is all about uh, metrics for account-based marketing. Uh, One of the things, just housekeeping before I really get into the whole thing, you're like me, I can't see these big screen, you know, the screens from the back row for shit. So, you know, I've got all my slides available on SlideShare. So if you just want to go to Bitly, Big 5 ABM, it is case sensitive. You can uh, follow along, you know, as you go, you know, with the slides. So no further ado, let's now get into my cute kids. Uh, so the, the context here, why, do I, why am I showing my kids? So Singram just said I am the CEO and co-founder of Engageo. Uh, many of you may actually know me from my prior job, where I was the co-founder at Marketo. Uh, I spent nine years at Marketo uh, as original head of marketing there, uh, and I know the marketing automation space really, really well. The you know fun fact is, in addition to being a marketing entrepreneur, uh, I'm also a dad. These are my kids. And my son, Beckett, uh, was born the exact same month that we incorporated Marketo. His birthday was just Tuesday, his 10th birthday. So uh, it's been very easy to keep track of how old Marketo is, you know, throughout, throughout the years. If anybody uses Sales Insight, my daughter, Michaela, was actually born the same month that product was released. <laughs> I have no new kids on the way. So another fun fact I like to sh- share in every presentation I give, I apologize if you've heard this before, but as I was born here, I was born in Ethiopia. What's marked on the map is actually Eritrea, because the part where I was born as Mara split off during the Civil War. But at the time, it was Ethiopia. Whenever I tell people this fact that I was born in Ethiopia, I always get the same question. John, why were you born in Ethiopia? And the answer I always give is that I wanted to be close to my parents. <laughs> All right, you guys are awake. I appreciate that. That has nothing to do with account-based marketing. This has at least a little bit to do with account-based marketing and with metrics. And that's the fact that I studied physics in college. I spent my summers doing fusion research at the Lawrence Livermore National Lab. I got into MIT for a PhD program. But I didn't know what this whole business world was all about. And so I I deferred MIT for a year and kind of started to dabble in, in business. And that was 22 years ago. So 22 years later, uh, I haven't looked back on physics. Uh, but I don't regret the fact that's what I studied. That analytical, quantitative way of thinking, I think, has helped me to be the marketer that I am today. And hopefully you'll see that passion around analysis uh, in uh, the products that I've built and in the topics that I talk about, which is why here we're talking about metrics. Now, I promise, though, it's not going to be a boring, dry presentation of just numbers because nobody wants that after lunch. Uh, What I'm going to really focus on is why account-based marketing metrics are different from the way we're used to measuring marketing. Then I'm going to spend a lot of time in like practically, actionably, how should you measure your account-based marketing? How do you go back to your office and tell your CMO or your board 
this is the metrics that we're going to be using as part of this new initiative. And then I'm going to wrap with what I call the account-based marketing market map, because I've just found that it provides a lot of clarity uh, in any ABM discussion. So now let's dive into the topic. And starting with why are ABM metrics are different? So I wrote a book back at Marketo called The Definitive Guide to Marketing Metrics and Analytics. Some of you may have read it. And in that book, I was pretty preachy, where I said, the way marketing earns credibility and respect in the enterprise is by generating leads and new business pipeline for sales and being able to prove that they have an impact on revenue. And while I believe that is still true, I believe that leads and opportunities are not sufficient in account-based marketing. When we were starting Engageo, we interviewed dozens of marketers, and consistently what I heard is that the biggest problem they were having was that the metrics they were used to using aren't really working to measure ABM. These are some of the key reasons why. The most foundational problem with traditional marketing metrics is that they are about people and not accounts. But as you've heard all day long, account-based marketing is all about accounts. At the end of the quarter, the salesperson doesn't talk about how many accounts or leads they've closed. They talk about how many accounts they've closed. And when they ring the cowbell or hit the gong or whatever you have, they write a company name on the board, not a person's name. So sales has always talked about accounts. And yet marketing has lived in this world where we tend to talk about leads, right? And look at how many leads I generated. And there's just a disconnect there. Frankly, I think that's one of the sources of marketing sales misalignment, right? When you have accounts, sales thinking in account land and marketing thinking lead land, that's a disconnect. So, so big difference number one, we need account-centric metrics for ABM. The other thing I realized is that ABM metrics need to be more about quality than quantity. As marketers, I think historically, we've gotten really good at counting stuff. And we've gotten good at vanity metrics around the number and the volume of things. I did an ABM workshop, online workshop earlier this week. We had 1,400 registrants and 600 attendees. And I get excited about that. That's awesome, right? But if you're going after target accounts, that doesn't matter. You know, what matters is did the right people from the right companies you know, show up you know, at your event? You, instead of counting leads and numbers of opportunities in ABM, you need to focus more on uh, the depth of the relationship, the importance of the relationship, and so on. David Ogilvy has a really great quote about this, right, which sums it up. You know, in ABM, don't count the people we reach. Reach the people that count. You know, don't, it doesn't matter you know, if you have 20 of the wrong people show up drinking your drinks at an event, what matters is did that right person come in and have a meaningful conversation? Another challenge around account-based marketing metrics is that it takes a long time to develop pipeline at a target account. You know, you might say, all right, John, let's just measure pipeline. Let's measure opportunities. Let's measure revenue. Those are all great metrics, right? And yes, they are great metrics. But if it takes almost a year, like it did at Marketo, to turn a, a new lead into an opportunity, and that's for any opportunity, and according to Implicit, it takes 1.7 times longer if you're prospecting into the account as opposed to an inbound one where they come to you. 
So even though, yes, measuring pipeline and opportunity is good, as Megan says, you can't wait a year to measure if this is working. You can't start an ABM initiative on March 1st and wait until 2017 to go to your boss and say, hey, ABM is working. We need different metrics at the top of the funnel besides just revenue, pipeline and revenue and so on. And another challenge of traditional marketing metrics. So this data from Serious Decisions, I think to me highlights one of the most fundamental differences between traditional demand generation and account-based marketing, which is the smaller the deal size, the more transactional the, the account, the higher velocity of the deal, the more meaningful it is for marketing to say, I sourced that deal. At Marketo, our demand gen team was sourcing 80% or 90% of all the deals that the team was closing, especially in the early days. But as you move up the pyramid and you go after more complex accounts and more and more complex accounts, it becomes less and less meaningful for marketing to say, I source that deal. And it's more about marketing showing that you were able to influence a deal, guide it forward, improve the win rate, improve the ASP. Can you imagine a marketer? Like, like let's say you close a half billion dollar deal at Toyota, yeah, which you know, some companies do. Can you imagine a marketer showing up and saying, yeah, I, I did that. That's, that's because of my trade show, right? That, that, that's, that's ludicrous. There's probably hundreds of interactions that influenced that big deal, a whale of an account. And then lastly, you know, another challenge we have with traditional marketing metrics is that our traditional way we measure marketing is very focused on the new business funnel. How many new leads? How many new opportunities? How many new customers? I know a lot of marketers who only get paid or measured or only have budget for generating new business. But what about all that revenue that comes from our existing customers? You know, if you're a SaaS business, there's a 80% of revenue can come from renewals, let alone cross-sell, upsell, account expansion. Right? If you're only measuring your marketing in terms of new logos, new leads, new opportunities, you're missing out on measuring the whole right side of the customer experience. To put it in kind of a, a tweetable nutshell, in ABM, it's not about the funnel, it's about a bow tie. And you need to really be focusing on both sides of that. How do you wrap all this up? How do you put your head around the fact that ABM metrics are different? Well, I love this analogy. Regular marketing metrics are all about fishing with the net. You know, you throw your campaign out there and you catch fish. And you don't care which specific fish as long you catch as long as you catch enough fish, right? And so your metrics are all about how many fish did I catch, you know? And then how did you run them through the process? In account-based marketing, though, you're not waiting around for the right person from the right company to swim into your net. You're reaching out to them with a spear. And your metrics need to be more about, you know, how well did I reach out to and connect with the right person at the right company? So in sum, and hint, there's a funnel on the slide, or a flipped funnel on the slide. How are ABM metrics are different? It's about accounts, not leads. It's about quality, not quantity. It's about looking at a long experience and being able to measure impact and influence across a long sales cycle. It's about influencing pipeline and not creating it. It's about measuring both sides of the bow tie, not just the new business. And it's about looking at reaching out to accounts and not waiting for them to come to you. So if I've done my job, you now have your oh shit moment. You realize, okay, I don't know how to measure this stuff. 
You know, like, tell me, like, what, what, what do I do? How can I go back to my boss and say, I spent a day at Flip My Funnel, we want to do ABM, but now we got to measure it. So how do we measure account-based marketing? I think there are two foundational concepts that I've realized are essential to ABM measurement. And the first foundational concept is the idea of engagement. So engagement is this word that has been bandied around in the marketing technology space for years. And if I were you, I would probably roll my eyes at some other marketing vendor talking about engagement. But there's a reason why that word engagement keeps coming back in marketing. And that's because it, I think it means something. Intuitively, it means something. A, a more engaged person is, or a more engaged account is going to be a better account. They're going to be more likely to buy from us. They're going to be more likely to refer and be advocates if they're a current customer. So there is something to engagement. And I think the challenge has always been, how do you measure engagement? How do you measure if an account's engaged? So I spent a lot of time researching this. And you can do surveys, you know, and other ways of measuring engagement. But what I came up with is that time is a good proxy for engagement. It's not perfect, but it's a proxy for engagement. You know, i.e., if a person or an account spends more time with you, I think it's pretty reasonable to say that they're engaged. And so you can measure time-based engagement by just tracking all the activities that a person spends with you. Do they open your emails? Well, maybe that counts as a minute. Do they come to a webinar? Maybe that's 30 minutes, right? Do they spend a day with you at Flip My Funnel? That's worth whatever kind of number of minutes you want to assign to it. But now what you have is the ability to track time you know, for each individual. And that's the first key concept. But now you've not got to roll that time up to the account level. And this is where it gets hard. Because if you have contacts in Salesforce, you can roll those up to the account. That's easy. But then you've got all these leads that come into your Salesforce system or your marketing automation system. And if you spend any time using Salesforce, you know that leads don't roll up to an account. And that gives you a lot of challenges, right? First of all, you can't measure account level engagement. You can't score activity at an account level because you're going to miss out all those leads. You also have routing problems. You know, a new lead comes in off your website. Well, it turns out that person works at an existing customer, but because you can't tie it to that customer account, you route it to some SDR, the SDR calls them, and everybody's unhappy because it's a totally inappropriate conversation. So instead, what SDRs do is they waste a lot of time doing research and lookups, and it's a royal pain for everybody. So you have to solve this lead-to-account matching problem to uh, do account-level measurement. So you can do that uh, using simple domain matching. A lot of companies do this. So if your email address is john at engageo.com, and you know that the Engageo company's website is engageo.com, you can make a reasonable guess that John probably works for Engageo. This is not a terrible strategy, and you know, we used to use that at Marketo you know, quite a bit. But it has limitations. You're going to get a lot of false positives and false negatives. So the next level up is to use fuzzy logic, where you're going to match IBM and international business machines and us.ibm.com and all these different variants you know, to the right account. At Engageo, we do that, and then we actually also partner with a company called Leadspace, uh, so for the ones we can't match on Fuzzy Logic, we call out to Leadspace, and they'll get another 10 or 15% of matches on top of what we do through Fuzzy Logic. 
But the point is now you've got all your leads tied to your account. You have engagement at the individual level and the company level. Once you have that infrastructure in place, you now have the ability to look at all sorts of cool metrics, including what I call then the big five metrics for account-based marketing. So there's five metrics that I'm talking about here. And the first one is coverage. This is the simplest of the metrics. And coverage tells you just, do you have the right people in your database for your target accounts? You know, you can look at that by persona. If you know the specific roles and titles you need to win a deal, you should be able to go look in your database and see, do you know those people at those accounts? Because if you don't, you're not doing account-based marketing. You've got to know who they are to reach out to them. If you are looking for a quick win in ABM and sales says, here's my 100 target accounts, and you can go in and say, well, you only have 27 contacts for those accounts, of the right contacts of those accounts, at the end of the quarter, you can go in and show it that you've filled out the account profiles for all those accounts. That's your first win in ABM. You know, you're just, hey, at least we know who the right people are now. So that's coverage. There's a nuance to coverage, which is if you're doing database building up front, you're going buying contacts, you're using Datanize or Social123 or LeadSpace or whatever you are to get your contacts built out. You know, Julia talked about this a little bit this morning. You know, you're not going to generate leads because they're already in your database, right? So you can't go to measure a trade show and say, hey, that trade show was great because we met all these new people. Ideally, all the right people are already in your system. So the nuanced metric there is not lead generation, it's first engagement from the right people. You know, i.e., which marketing program caused that lead, that name I generated, to sort of become engaged for the first time. And you can report on a monthly or quarterly basis how many new people that we care about had the first engagement with us. How many can be at the director level and above. Those are good metrics. So that's coverage. Second key metric is awareness. You know, and this is effectively how many of my target accounts have any awareness of us at all? And again, using that minutes metric, you could say any awareness might mean more than zero minutes or more than two minutes or whatever threshold you want to set. And remember, that can be because they, somebody's visited the website, somebody opened an email, somebody attended an event, whatever it is. But it's by some minimum threshold, if you're able to look at this list of 1,000 accounts that sales says we care about, and show an upward trend in awareness, that's your marketing success story number two. You know, which is more of the accounts that we agreed we care about know who we are. The third, and perhaps the holy grail of account-based measurement, is engagement. And there's different flavors of engagement, but at the core, what we're asking are the right people from the right account spending time with us. And you can look at that, for example, like I have a heat map here, where you're really looking at it by a persona by persona basis. You know, and at the accounts I care about, do I have an engagement with the CIO? Do I have engagement with the CMO? Or do I have engagement with whatever is your kind of key decision maker? You're gonna to wanna to look at that over time, right? So it's not just who, but also what's the trend? If as marketers, you can show that you're increasing engagement from accounts that you care about, that's a good sign. So. A lot of people here are either looking at solutions like Terminus or other ad companies for sort of creating account-level engagement, right? The problem, though, is I would posit trying to measure account-based advertising using clicks is a terrible idea. 
At Marketo, when we measured advertising on a cost per click or a cost per action basis, it always looks crappy compared to other marketing activities that we can do. If you want to sort of measure this advertising successfully, I would posit a better way to measure it is, are you increasing awareness and are you increasing engagement from those accounts? It doesn't matter if they click through the ad, maybe they come to the site anyways, or maybe they just open your emails more often, or maybe they come to an event and stop by your booth and they wouldn't have otherwise. So looking at engagement over time is a key way to really know if your different account-based marketing activities are working. Now, engagement has another concept that I'm a big fan of. Julia mentioned this morning that she's heard me talking about it. And this is the concept of a marketing qualified account. Now, many of you here probably use lead scoring, whether you do it in Marketo or Eloqua or HubSpot or Pardot. But we've had this whole idea of MQLs. In, in regular demand generation. When, it's, when a lead score gets high enough, pass it to a salesperson to follow up. However, in account-based marketing, we need an account-centric version of that, which is not a marketing-qualified lead, but a marketing-qualified account, where you want to be able to set a threshold for when an account becomes an MQA. And it should be based not just on total engagement, like you would have with a lead, like or depth of engagement, but also breadth of engagement, right? Sometimes you want to know that before you call an account an MQA, that's not all just coming from one person, but you have at least some level of activity from multiple people that matter. When an account becomes an MQA, you can kind of follow up and kind of go from there. I'm going to, I'm going to just take one minute that's not directly on this slide to kind of make a, a higher level point. So there's different styles of ABM. Right, and I don't know. I, you know, this. I don't know if we've talked about that enough at this conference. There's what I call your tier one ABM. You know, and tier one is your classic ITSMA style uh, account-based marketing, where you create deep account profiles for each account. You treat each account as a market of one, and then you do custom bespoke one-to-one campaigns. And this sort of fully, highly personalized, highly individual style of ABM works great but it's also hard to scale because it is about a lot of elbow grease and researching accounts. So that's going to work for your whale accounts. And you might only have a handful of those. Then you have your styled tier two ABM, which is, you know, some people call it ABM light. And this is where you are going to have a, you know, you'll still treat each account, look at them individually. You'll know who the key people are. You'll really understand their segmentation and their data, but your marketing will probably be one to few you know, kind of segment and persona based and, you know, reaching out to those accounts. And then your tier three style is where you have, uh, you basically just do regular marketing, traditional marketing, but your targeting or segmentation is account-based. So a lot of people who are doing account-based ads, that's what they're doing is this sort of tier three style where, you know, you're saying I'm buying ads and I'm going to target those ads to these accounts, or I'm going to hold a webinar and I'm going to invite these accounts. Now, I don't have any religion about which style is better. You know, tier one works great, tier two works great, tier three works great. The key is to have a mix that's right for your business. And maybe you, st- you do more than one style yourself. Sorry, I don't have a slide on that. To me, though, the key point is this idea of an MQA is necessary or essential if you're doing tier three. When you're going after lots, a big list of accounts and you want to know which ones light up. That's where the MQA concept comes in. It's sort of important for tier two, and it's probably not that important for tier one, right? Because if you only have 10 accounts that you're doing deep, deep individual research for, you're going to be able to know when they light up. So that was the end of the little segue about MQAs and styles of ABM. 
Okay, so now two more metrics. Program reach. So this is your sort of early warning sign or early signal if your marketing programs are nets or spears. You know, and it's another way of thinking about it. It's the measurement of are you reaching the people that count? And what you can do is you can look at for any given marketing program, what percentage of the successful interactions came from the right people at the right account? I.e., if I have 1,400 people register for my online event and 600 show up, what percentage of those 600 are directors or higher from target customers? That Focus percentage is a great way to triage your programs to know, are you going after the right accounts? And then the last metric is all about program impact or influence. And you know, we have some you know, partners and other vendors upstairs that solve this with attribution, where you take the value of the deal and you split it up across the different touches. My view is that in ABM, there can be so many touches that sometimes looking at influence is a better measurement than attribution. And what I mean by influence is I mean correlation. When I do this thing for ABM, does that have an impact on a sales outcome I care about? I.e., if I hold a webinar, do the accounts that attended that webinar end up having better win rates? Or if I hold an event, a dinner, do the accounts that attend that dinner, did I accelerate any pipeline in sooner? And looking for those kind of influences and correlations is what I mean by program impact. So those are my big five metrics. Coverage, awareness, engagement, reach, and impact. And because everybody loves a nunomic or a way to make things easy to remember, big finale, I have come up with I care. So if anybody asks how is flip my funnel, you can say John cares about my ABM metrics. Impact, coverage, awareness, reach, and engagement. Okay. So those are the big five metrics for ABM. I'm almost done with the presentation here, but as I said, I did want to just finish up with the ABM market map. This one's a little small to read. You can get copies of it up at our booth upstairs. I know Sangram shared his market map earlier as well. Personally, I think that this stuff is really, really important. There is a lot of confusion in ABM today. There are a lot of vendors saying, hey, I do ABM. Hey, I do ABM. You know. I've got three different partners on this slide that all say they're an account-based marketing platform. So I get it's confusing for you guys to figure out really who does what, which is why I came up with this chart here. So to me, this breaks the ABM process up into seven key steps. Step one, account selection. Who are my target accounts and how do they break up into tier one, tier two, and tier three? How do I align my marketing team and my sales team onto which accounts or which tier what do we do with each tier and what do we expect to get out of each tier? Getting that right, aligning on your target account lists is the key to account-based marketing success. It is to ABM what defining a qualified lead is to demand gen. It's how you create marketing sales alignment. So that's account selection. Contacts, build your database with the right people so you can reach out to them. Insights and content are all about you know, being more relevant or more more focused and therefore more relevant and then more effective in your ABM. Put another way, if you're reaching out to accounts with just different generic messages, you're not doing ABM. You have to take advantage of the focus to make it more effective. The interactions column represents all the different ways now that you can have a spear and reach out to a target account. Whether that's account-based advertising with Terminus, whether that is web personalization, so give a different experience when people visit your website. 
whether that's direct mail with companies like PFL. We do that at, at Engageo, where we send out packages to customers and prospects. We send out books to them. Events play a big role in ABM. The, the thing that we call human email, this is really any time an individual from your company is sending an email to an individual or a group of people at the account, right? It's typically done in Gmail or Outlook. That's probably the most important channel in ABM is people sending emails, you know? And how do you make that more relevant and more personal and more scalable? Orchestration, to me then, is bringing that all together into marketing automation, coordinating your human emails with your nurturing, with your direct mail, with your ads and your events into integrated place. And then lastly, measurement, that's what I've been talking about. How do you map your leads to accounts? How do you identify hot accounts and engagement? And how do you uh, show whether ABM is working? And you see all the different players kind of across the board there. Um, hopefully, this makes it a little clearer in terms of what different companies do. Certainly, it shows you where Engageo plays on the right side of the chart, and then we're friends and partners with everybody kind of you know, on the left side of the chart. Uh, for what it's worth, you know, these are our delivery dates. We do the measurement today, and we're adding some of these other capabilities over time. Okay, so that's my presentation. Uh, if, if you found this stuff useful, I actually wrote a book about account-based marketing called The Clear and Complete Guide to Account-Based Marketing. It normally costs $20, uh, but if you want, you can grab it for free uh, at gum.co slash abmguide. And just use the code flip my funnel. Um, and you can get download your own free copy. Or if you forget that, there's a way to get a free copy of it off of our website. But th it covers all seven steps of that ABM process I just talked about in more detail. And with that, that is the presentation, the big five metrics of account-based marketing. I think we have time for a couple of questions, right, Singram? All right, but thank you very much. Any questions? I see one back there. So the question is, we measure engagement uh, based on time. How do you decide how much time to assign to a different activity using, like, for example, an ebook download? You know, so by default, we give that five minutes. It's still art and science, to be honest. You know, like, in our product, we ship a set of default time weights. You know, like, and so for us, by default, content downloads are five minutes. But, you, you know, again, in our own product or our own usage, if somebody downloads our complete and clear guide, that's a much bigger book than a thin ebook, And so we actually do assign a greater number of minutes to it. So we sort of it's, it's start with a set of defaults and then tweak it over time, you know, is sort of the best answer I have there. Any other questions? Can I ask you a question, John? Yeah, please. So I, was, I was like, so, so John, um, he was a co-founder of Marketo and running marketing over there for nine years. I was for a few years at Pardot, and so it's pretty interesting to be sharing the stage. And then Jim was running marketing or part of marketing at Eloqua. So these are all like marketing automation people turning into account-based marketing. How has that transition been for you and for your, like all the people that you talk to? Well, sure. You know, I think that the whole marketing automation category that we kind of all built together got really kind of, I don't know why, but really wrapped up in the whole inbound marketing demand generation process. Right. And so I think because of that, for the last 10 years, marketing meant demand generation. Yeah. You know, and I think what we're starting to realize just in 2015, 2016, is that's just one style of go-to-market. Yeah. Right? And it's appropriate for these kinds of deals. And account-based marketing is appropriate for these kinds of deals. And then maybe branding and advertising and e-commerce is appropriate for another kind of set of deals. Right. 
So, you know, for me, it's, 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 it's sort of just been this like journey of realizing that, you know, it's not as simple as a one size fits all. And I think what's exciting about ABM is it's such a big underserved category. I mean, yep. to me, ABM today feels like marketing automation did back in 08, yeah. right? Where yes. everybody was like, oh my God, you got to do ABM. You got to do it. But we're, people are still figuring out what that means and how to, how to do it. And that's been fun to do yeah. it. Awesome. Very good. Let's give a huge round of applause to John. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. 